Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Do we actually remember the Titans? I mean, it's been a while since they've played. 16 days off, one practice, no worse for wear. Tongue planted firmly in cheek as well. Worst night, Josh Norman, Josh Allen. You take a pick. Josh Allen stiff-armed into oblivion. Josh Allen throwing a couple of picks. So we'll see what happens here moving ahead residually for the Tennessee Titans. They remain undefeated, a 42-16 win And they have established themselves, oh, by the way, as a team that went to the AFC title game key a year ago, undefeated, out of the gate, overcoming adversity that no NFL team has ever faced after 24 positive tests. You said bad night. Which night, right, for either Josh? I would probably say Josh Norman was a worse night than Josh Allen because Josh Norman, he's getting ready to be on a highlight reel for a long time on that stiff form. On a loop. Yeah, on a loop, on that stiff form from Derrick Henry. When you look at the Titans, though, you you got to take your hat off to them. 16 days from game to game, took care of business, one practice in between all those games. I learned more, I guess, about Buffalo and Josh Allen. I, I wanted that night last night to be about the quarterback and Josh Allen to put himself in a real MVP conversation. Uh, I know it was, you know, the only football game in town Tuesday night. It wasn't Monday night football on ESPN or Sunday night football. It was a Tuesday night game where you would think a lot of people tuned in at some point to see the game. And I thought that this would be like a sort of coming out party for him because he would be the only game in town this season for him early. And so when you watched him a couple interceptions, you know, you say, well, one wasn't his fault. We threw the ball behind the damn receiver. Mm -hmm. If you put it on the receiver, it won't bounce off his shoulder pads. So it becomes an interception. Later I'll teach you how to catch. And then, then, (laughs) I know, right? And then the other interception – it was, as Ryan Clark said, it was disgusting. You're throwing it into a sinking corner in cover two. Then you should see that clear. He throws it to him. And so when you start to look at it, I know Dan Olowski had him in the MVP conversation. And you say, okay, uh, he's not Russell. He's not Aaron Rodgers. They are winning. It's a good conversation. Rapid improvement. Yeah, rapid improvement, but he's not there yet. And last night, I thought he could have taken the next step about a team against a team that hadn't played in 16 days. He took a step back to a degree. It's not over with. His team is still going to probably make a strong push to win the division against the New England Patriots. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, uh, it was more about Buffalo, I would say, for me than it was about Tennessee. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I think it was more about the Titans. I think especially their offense, one of the things you haven't seen the Titans offense do is naturally convert in the red zone. We saw that last week against the Vikings. They kicked six field goals. This time they had six trips to the red zone. They converted each and every single time. And, look, I understand it can easily be about Josh Allen. I I do think that the Bills will be okay. Granted, they have to play the Chiefs next weekend. That's not going to be okay for them. But I, I think Josh Allen is going to be okay. I think, once again, Ryan Tannehill and company throwing for three touchdowns. I think this game just speaks volumes about them, that they can take that amount of time off, come back. Their offense could be clicking like that. And once again, a team that got a lot of big wins last year when everybody discounted how good they could be, they're just winning games. Four and zero, they're just winning games. The one thing that I would say about the Tennessee Titans from a defensive standpoint in Coach Vrabel, a former defensive coordinator, linebacker in the NFL, D.C., in Houston prior to getting a Tennessee job, is that he knows defense and he knows quarterbacks and what causes quarterback stress and problems, getting them off the mark, allowing 
Josh Allen to just stand in the pocket and be free and deliver the football in sync wasn't something that he was willing to do. He brought pressure from different places. The rush was there. They moved him off his mark. By moving him off his mark, he's throwing balls behind. He's looking, staring at the rush. So when that happens, it's like I say about all quarterbacks, when you start getting at their feet and putting applying pressure to them, they become human just like everybody else that played the position. And it will be interesting to see how Coach Vabro and company move forward to next weekend when they play the Texans, another you know QB that you can get off the mark. But actually Deshaun Watson, the way they looked last week, He's going to start making those passes off the mark. And then think about it. If they can get past Houston, to Jay's point, how wobbly the Texans have been next up for them, that game against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. that was rescheduled. And right now they're the only two undefeated teams in the AFC, both at 4-0. Everybody else has played five. But, of course, since that game was postponed. So there comes the ultimate litmus test, perhaps, for both, coming up in week number seven. Ryan Tannehill made a little noise recently when he essentially said he was very upset with the NFL's testing policy. He said there have been mixed results, and he frankly doesn't even trust the testing to an extent. He was much more definitive about the noise he wanted to make after that win last night, saying this is a moment that people better recognize the Titans. What this team, what this organization has been through over the past couple of weeks to really fight through all of that, shake it all off, really limited practice, limited reps, and go out and put this kind of win together, I think makes a statement. And, you know, I'm happy, happy that we were able to do that today. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting that he said that because I certainly didn't think that they would play the way that they played early in the game, especially given the fact of the time off where Buffalo had been actually playing football games. I mean, one practice, but that just goes to show you, you know, everybody else said practice. Maybe Iverson was right. Maybe maybe AI was right, right? (laughs) I mean, at the end, they went out there and bully-balled them. They bully-balled them. They they used that recipe that I like to say that's portable, where you run the football just enough, you throw the ball enough to one receiver basically – and that would be A.J. Brown, an ex-receiver, and you play defense. And you get out of there with a 42-16 to 16 victory. Portable because that travels everywhere. That is good enough to do on any field, anytime, Any Anytime, any field, anywhere, any weather. Random nugget, a little bit of a tangent here. Go for it. But every time I hear people talk about practice and AI, just mm-hmm. to provide context to everybody, uh-huh. AI lost his best friend literally the day before. That, that speech? Yes. So when people were talking about, you know, well, how come you didn't practice? He's like, we're talking about practice. You're not talking about my best friend dying. So just to provide context for everybody, when they throw out the AI practice thing, just so you can understand where it comes from, because I feel like it's inevitably as an AI fan, it's used against them, right. but it was a circumstance leading into the practice. Oh, no, it wasn't used against him for me. I get exactly what he was saying. Okay. I'm, All right. I'm I just totally, but, but it's, it's because of the way that they used it, exactly. it has become somewhat of a, you know, a conversation piece sure. every time. You mentioned practice. No doubt. We are just over two minutes away from having Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M's head coach, join us. He'll talk about essentially what that huge win over Florida did to boost his program and the fact that they played Florida and now Florida has shut down their program for the moment with 19 positive tests. How concerned is he about contract tracing? We'll have Jimbo Fisher here at 810 Eastern. How frustrated and upset is Josh Allen after his first clunker of the season last night? We were punched in the mouth tonight, and we didn't respond how we should have, you know. But I, I do appreciate the guys. We, we've thrown interception. Um, the next drive we go and we score a touchdown and, and do what we're supposed to do. But, you know, we got to continue to build on drives like that. And, you know, it just it, it takes a better effort, you know, uh, in all three phases. And, um, again, I, I, I take it upon myself to, to be the leader and 
Um, you know, I didn't play good enough for our team to win tonight, and I understand that, and, you know, I got to fix it. As Ryan Clark said when he joined us earlier, the Super Bowl champion, everybody has a clunker. Next up, a chance to redeem KC. Yeah, that's big for him. If he goes out there and he takes care of business against Kansas City, it's a different conversation again. And, and look, uh, uh, Buffalo Bills are not out of it. This is not like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. They just lost a game to a team that hadn't practiced but once in 16 damn days. That's it. That's all. It, it's not – Josh Allen was playing fine up until last night. He was doing a tremendous job at helping his team win games and getting him into the end zone and scoring points. That's that's it. But when you see that after being praised for four weeks straight, you stop and pause for a minute and you go, hmm, this is, hmm that's all. Well, I, I say this. Seasons are a marathon. They're not a sprint. And I think there's a lot of uncertainties as it relates to this season. And I'm just going to throw it out there. Do it. I'm not saying that it's factual, but I know where my brain would go if I'm playing against a team that had a lot of positives. I'm not saying even factor, but I'm just saying, even though everybody's deemed negative, like, could that play a factor into it a little bit? I don't know. Maybe nerves. I don't know. You're worried about. I don't know. I'm just, you know, there's a lot of things to leave up to speculate how teams are dealing with these certain issues with COVID and games being postponed and teams not playing for two and a half weeks and getting ready at the same time, not knowing if you're going to play an opponent or not. It's a lot of factors into it. I'm not saying it serves as an excuse. Or you suggested that maybe Josh Norman didn't want to tackle Derek Henry because because no. <laughs> maybe that's what you suggested. I'm not laughing. That he didn't, wanna, he didn't want to run up on him because of the COVID situation. I'm just saying something that's in the back of my mind is Stephon Gilmore. It's a, just a, no, it's a it, prime it, example, right? Like guys test negative, sure. then guy plays, he comes back, all of a sudden you find out he's positive. No, that, you would, And maybe would, you, you, you can call me whatever there. name you want to call me. It's just when you're thinking all these things through, yeah. it can yeah, factor no, it, into it. It, it. it would certainly put a pause. To start with, I mean, you know, you just like, wait, hold on. we Okay, we're going to play. But I don't think that that had anything yeah, to do with, with 42 to 16. I'm with it. I think it's just, you know, once you start playing, all bets are off at that point. You're on the field. You can't start thinking about if a guy yeah. is positive or not. But to Jay's point, look, this league has been around 101 years, and yesterday the Titans and the Bills, frankly, faced a situation that no two teams have ever been involved with since obviously we haven't had a pandemic since 1918. From the NFL to college football, we mentioned that Jimbo Fisher was going to join us, and he is with us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line this morning. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Coach is coming off just a gigantic win on Saturday. We'll look ahead to what might be next for the Aggies, but Key, take it away. What a win for Jimbo and the Aggies. What's happening, Coach? How you doing, Keyshawn? What's up, buddy? Oh, man, I'm good. How big was that victory for your program against Florida considering that since you've been at A&M, you really haven't had one of those big-time top-five type wins? No, we've, our problem is we played one and two about five times. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I say, we, won, we, won, we beat a couple five top tens, but just you know, it was a good win. And, and how it was done, I mean, that's the main thing, and understanding the perseverance of how to play in a competitive game and, and the ebbs and flows of it and just keep playing the next play. And listen, you realize you're playing a great opponent. They're going to make plays. you got to line up and make another play. And then you got to, at the end of the day, find a way to put your will on them. And we were able to make one more, will, one more play than they did. And how it went about was as important as not just who we beat, but how we beat them, I think, is, is, is a big factor and, and, you know, keep developing the program. How, how much confidence do you think that them young men got after that big victory? I think they got a lot. I hope, but I hope, like I said the other day, when we got the first thing I hit the meeting on Monday, why did you have confidence now? And, and why did you have success? You, you know, having confidence and success is one thing. 
but having confidence and success because of how you prepared, how you played, how you thought, how the amount of film you watched. I, I think the process of putting yourself in that position is much more or as important as having the success in that situation so you can repeat it the next week. So hopefully we can prepare the same way this week, no matter who we play, and go back and play well again. Coach Fisher, Jay Williams here. It seems like that time I came down to speak with you and your team, it feels like 30 years ago with this pandemic, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does, buddy. It sure does. I wanted to ask you, man. Um, obviously, Dan Mullins made some you know, statements the other day uh, about playing with 90,000 people in stadiums. <laughs> Uh, what are you? What are your thoughts on that, and where, how how we should be moving forward as it relates to stadiums? You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna not be an expert at that. I got enough problems with what I'm supposed to be an expert at. I'm gonna let the, that, the medical people do that. But that's whatever is the safest for the people and our and our kids and, and whatever's going on. I mean, you got to think that way. I don't care what you say and how competitive we are. It's still the kids' safety, the people's safety, and what goes on. I I, I don't know the answer to that question because I mean, all I get is the reports from the from the, the medical people, which sometimes change weekly. So I'm trying to just hang on and try to stay with the protocols to keep our guys safe. I mean, I love having people there. I mean, we had 22% of people there is all we had. And it was, it was a good it was a good fan base. It was better than nothing. And, you know, I hate it for all the people. But at the same time, safety has got to be the number one issue in which we, we evolve into what we're doing. Coach, how do you even adjust to that? It feels like it's something that changes hour by hour. Oh, Lord. It does, Jay. I mean, it, you know, you think you said these guys. And I was so the first two or three months, I mean, every day I was on, and I said, listen, just tell me what you think we should do and how we do it. And then you tell the kids, listen, guys, I can't, there's going to be changes. I can't tell you why. It's just that we're in a different time. And I think you explain it to your kids, you explain it to everybody involved, so you keep the frustration down. And, there, and people, and the kids and the players and everybody do get frustrated. But like I tell them, guys, we're in an unprecedented time, so we got to have patience. There's a new normal that goes on. And just accept what happens and, let, and, and just have faith that the people who are giving you the rules have your best interest at heart. And you have to, and you have to live by them. That's the only way you can do it. Having built, having been in the SEC as an assistant coach, back now as a head coach, how difficult has it been to be able to recruit against the other powerhouses within the SEC? You know, we have a lot of resources here at A&M as far as facilities and what we have. We've recruited. We've had two top five classes in a row. The last two classes, we've been five, I think four, three, and six, and we've been able to do it. But it is a huge challenge. I mean. There's, recruiting down here is, is serious, 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 serious business. And you've got to have a product to sell. You've got to have a future to sell. You've got to have a vision to sell. And they've and they got to be able to see it. And we've, we've done one. That's what's got me excited about our football team. Our football team, our last two classes, man, there's a lot of really good young players. And not that our older players are really good, too, and are developing. But as a, conglom- as a group, our bottom two classes, we have a chance to really, really evolve here in the future, in my opinion, and, and be able to stay. Because no matter how many good players you get down here, everybody's got good players. Jimbo Fisher, but you got to be able. You got to be able to stay toe to toe, adequately together to be able to to play with them. And I really believe we're heading in, the, in that definitely right direction. Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M head coach, 2013 national champion with Florida State, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Now, in the fun part, you take a look around the SEC. There's two funny bunnies that's running around, and Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, and Mike Leach <laughs> at Mississippi State. Has it been fun watching them in the SEC, coach? You know, I haven't had time. <laughs> I wish I did have time to watch them. I haven't got to see them, but you know, they're, they're, they're great personalities. And anytime you got personality in a in a room, it's great. They, they're, they're good coaches. We play Mike this week. They're uh, Mike's a great offensive mind, defensively. Well, defensively, they're playing off the charts right now. They're we're one of the top teams in all the country in defense, and uh, so you know, it's going to be a huge challenge. They're good coaches. They're fun personalities. So it's great to have them. Jimbo, you every time I've been around you, you're a no nonsense type of coach and person. Yeah. 
Um, you were pretty critical of the officiating after last game. Uh, why has that been something you've been frustrated about? Well, I mean, that was just a couple calls that I did. I'm just trying to get verification on this. The official is going to miss calls. But I think we have to be able to point that out in critical situations and things that go on. And we can agree to disagree or whatever it is. But I think those are things that affect games as much as anything, too, and how things are done. And I'm not saying they do it ill will. I'm not saying we just got to make sure we understand how we're calling things and the way we call things. And listen, our guys do a great job. Our officials do a great job. And my critical point was I just and, – and, and as you watch film when you come back, and it's just amazing how – you don't realize in certain key points of games how calls can affect games when they're tied up, when they're early, and, and the ebbs and flows and momentums. And I think when you're building a program, you've got to fight for it and scratch for every inch. And I remember this. I remember when your old coach, Mike Krzyzewski, first started Duke. Those first four or five years, uh, they, uh, they struggled. I remember when he was first there building the program, and I remember him making comments, you know, that, hey, things don't always, you know, we've got to fight and scratch and get calls in this league too. And I remember him saying them in press conferences. And in the mid '80s, we had to do get you get the amount of tough calls that go everywhere else. And I'm not saying that anything like that. I just think you got to fight and scratch and call for every inch because the difference in our league and our league football wise, man, are they're inches and plays can make a difference. And I just and how to teach our players what is what what are we going to do? What we're we not going to do? And it's not I'm not unhappy with any of them. I just always I don't want to just want to try to make sure we're doing things and how I understand that things are going to be done. This Saturday on SEC Network, your number 11, Texas A&M Aggies take on Mississippi State with a somewhat high-powered offense. I said that you didn't. They went out and scored a bunch of points on LSU but had somewhat of a clunker against Kentucky, only scoring two. When you see the air raid offense, how do you defend that? I mean, you got to defend the whole field. That's, a, that's the whole key to it. It's a hurry-up offense. It's, it's defending across the whole field. Everybody gets the ball. Uh, and and it can take off at any time. You, and, Mike, and Mike knows how to make him. As people adjust to him, he's going to adjust back. So, you know, you can't always just do what the last guy did. So, I mean, you're going to have to be very creative in how you do things, very disciplined in how you do things. And then the, the tempo of the game, the things that go on are going to have to be controlled. And that's a very tough thing to do. And, and like I say, in this league, you, say you, uh, you went out against LSU, but everybody, like I say, everybody in this league has players. Everybody can beat you no matter what. And it's, that makes it a challenge. And I think that's what everybody's finding out. Last thing for Coach Jimbo Fisher joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. I just want to quickly take you back to safety because I, this, this is something a lot of fans in the SEC are wondering and a lot of people in college football are wondering. Um, you obviously just played Florida. Florida came out and said they had 19 positive tests. So from a specific safety Perfect. standpoint, what are you doing to protect your players knowing that over the weekend you just played a team that has just tested positive 19 times? Well, we had tests right after the game, and ours all come back negative. We immediately were tested right afterwards. We have a chip on our in our pads that, that the amount that says the amount of time we're around each individual on each every every team. So you have status quo of like you know the fifty guys. So we had nobody within the range of people that they had test positive that were around those guys. We were, we've already been tested. We'll be tested again today. And uh, or excuse me, we were tested Sunday. We were actually tested yesterday. Excuse me, we've already been tested twice. We have those results back. We had no negative. We had no positive tests, and we'll be tested again on Thursday. So there's chips in there. There's places in there. The amount of time that you're associated with a guy, within contact with a guy, and then the testing and what you do, and then you know we're, we're constantly educating our guys when they're away from here what to do and how to do it. That's a great sign for all those 14 cities in the SEC. Coach, best of luck this weekend. Really appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks, Jim. Right, great to be with you guys. See you, Keyshawn. See you, Jay, buddy. Okay. Take care, buddy. All right, let's hit one thing here, Key or and Jay. Look, they got LSU, Alabama, and Auburn every single year 
on the schedule. That's what life is like is in the SEC West. Is he going to be able to get over the hump at some point? He had a $75 million contract when he first signed with A&M, but every single year he's got to be better than LSU, Bama, and Auburn just to make, not win, just to make the SEC championship game. So what's the expectations of an A&M faithful? Like what's A&M's expectations? Championship. Championship. All day, every day. It, they're not they're, – if, if you're asking me if they're going to be Alabama, where they're just going to keep winning every year, no, they're not going to be Alabama. The day he signed, do you remember this? It was tongue planted in cheek. I understand. They gave him a little trophy that said Texas A&M National Champions fill in the year, right? They gave him that in a $75 million contract, essentially when saying – the last time they won a national championship? It's been decades. R.C. Slocum. <laughs> yes. I believe it was R.C. Slocum. Texas A&M. And if it wasn't, it was – if it wasn't R.C. Slocum – it might have been R.C. Slocum. That was a long time ago. He's their all-time <laughs> winningest coach. But I, but I will just say this. Do you think they're good enough to get past those three teams at any point just to make I, the SEC I think, title I think game, they, not win I think they could build. I think they're going to build. I think Jimbo Fisher has that in him as a head coach to build. But to dominate like in Alabama, I don't think that that's the case. You can look at LSU. LSU rolled through college football last year. This year, they went to Missouri and got pounded on. They let Mike Leach and K.J. Costello put 600 and something yards and like seven touchdowns on the head. So it just goes to show you how tough the SEC is year in and year out, except for Alabama. Everybody runs and hides behind Alabama. Even Georgia. Georgia every year is getting 10 wins coming out of the SEC. But when they run up against Alabama, it's something different. And until they can get over that Alabama hump, LSU was able to get over the Alabama hump. Took a while. But they got over it. So when he, so when Coach O got over the hump, they rolled to the national title. And I think when you beat Alabama, you get over the hump. And that's when you can get to the national title. Bama is a standard of excellence every year. No doubt about every it. Year. Well said. Succinctly well said. Jay Will. Uh, Keyshawn, see, Jay Will, and Zubin. I said less I was gonna... and more at the same time. You see that? Okay. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by if Progressive Insurance. If I can cuss on here without getting in trouble, this dude can become so Duke annoying. <laughs> I'm the little brother. What do you want from me? Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin ahead. presented by Progressive Insurance. Thank you. <laughs> Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. We've been really surprised by the Cleveland Browns. The yeah. chances that they surprise the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend, that's on the way. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A stunning statement considering the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers still reside in the division. Pittsburgh will see Cleveland this weekend. And let's talk a little bit more about this very intriguing matchup. Sure enough, we got Rodgers and Brady this weekend, but don't sleep on Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Our Browns reporter, who's with the team 24-7, 365, is Jake Trotter, and he joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Good morning, Jake. Essentially, what has changed? You're around the team all the time. What has changed for this franchise to allow them to be 4-1 and one instead of the normal 1-4 or 0-5 oh many people thought they might. Yeah, good morning, Zoomin. I mean, I think you have to start at the top. And the relationship that Andrew Barry, the general manager, has with Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, for years, really going back to since the team came back in 1999, you know, they, they have been out of a, an alignment. Uh, you've had, you know, general managers fighting with coaches, coaches fighting with other coaches. It's just been a total mess. And that is completely different this year. And I think that's allowed them to maximize their potential a little bit better. They have an offensive identity, which I think is really impressive considering the virtual offseason, the shortened training camp, the Browns know who they are. And, you know, they, they had talent wasn't the issue last year. You know, they, they had the talent, but the cohesion certainly was missing. Uh, you can see a much more cohesive football team, and they're starting to put it together, and I think they're going to be a force in the in the playoff conversation. Jake, as you look at everything, and Baker Mayfield obviously is a key component to what the Browns are doing, both on and off the field. Less commercials, more wins. That's a plus. <laughs> Not dealing with the media heavy, has that influenced some of the teammates in the way they approach things now? Well, I mean, I think with – with Baker, it was a much different offseason this year than he had last offseason. He got married. He was in California hanging out. He was filming commercials. He was on two cover stories, including ESPN the Magazine and, and GQ. He was just everywhere. And then he was making news all the time. And it was like every week it felt like Baker was saying something that was on the front page of ESPN.com. This was a completely different offseason for him. He was actually living with his parents for a good chunk of it while he was uh, renovating his house in Austin, um, just a very low key off season. And he was holding, you know, players only uh, zoom meetings every Thursday with the, the offensive players to try to build, recreate some of that locker room chemistry. And just think he kind of rediscovered himself a little bit. You know, he was, he was embarrassed the way the last year went, you know, it was, it was humbling for him. And I think being back in, in Austin kind of by himself, allowed him to get his mind right to get his body and he's he's been a a different player and they need him to be a leader you know there's not a bunch of you know vocal guys on this team after baker and you know it's hard when you are struggling to be the vocal leader and i think that hurt them last year um he's gone back to being the way he was you know his his rookie season where he was you know talking to guys very vocal they they really missed that last year at times and, and i think it's been a big plus for them having that kind of leader out of the quarterback position this year. Jake, obviously the Browns and Stefanski and Baker Mayfield so good at using the play action, uh, not having Nick Chubbs, him being hurt, just having Kareem Hunt, who's really good. But the Steelers have one of the best defenses in the league. How does this team properly prepare to play against one of the best defenses? 
Yeah, it's going to be a huge challenge. Uh, you know, Indianapolis had the best run defense uh, in the NFL, and the Browns were still able to run the ball a little bit. Um, you know, this is going to be uh, another tough test for them as well. Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt is among the best in, in the NFL in yards after contact, and so he's got to continue to make plays happen, you know, after he's touched. Uh, the offensive line is going to be missing uh, potentially right guard Wyatt Teller is kind of week to week with a calf injury he suffered Sunday. Uh, you know, Chris Hubbard is going to have to fill in uh, for him and, and, and play well. And, and I don't think, you know, there's kind of a mental aspect to this, too, for the Browns when it comes to the Steelers. They haven't won in Pittsburgh since 2003. Uh, I think both of you guys are probably playing back then. Basically. I mean, that's how long it's been since they were, um, you know, they had, they had win, uh, a win there. So I, I think getting off to a good start, you know, getting the running game going, you know, that's going to be important for them just because I think mentally – if they get down, you know, it could be a little bit of, oh, you know, here we go again. Because a lot of these guys have lost a lot of games already in Pittsburgh. It's the ultimate litmus test. Yes, it's early in the season, but with the Steelers' domination of the division and the fact that the Ravens, of course, aren't going anywhere, the fact that Keith thinks the Browns might be able to win this says very much. Andrew Barry is under 35 years old. Their GM, he's done an amazing job, came over from the Eagles. And like with any organization, it Jake says, it always starts at the top. Jake, really appreciate you being here this morning. Great to talk to you again. Okay, guys, thanks. Fellas, so the last time the Browns were 4-1, it was 1994. Bill so who Belichick. is their head coach? Bill Belichick. Okay, who is their mm-hmm. defensive coordinator? Nick Saban. How about that? Yeah. Wow. Right? Bill wow. Belichick, Nick Saban. In 1994, what do you think the number one song in America was? This is how long it's been 94. if you're of age. 94. We're all kids of the 90s, many of us <laughs> oh, listening no. as well. Number one song? Number one song. Any genre? I was about to say, what genre? Uh, I would say... <laughs> I would say... Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll even give you the, the group. World, well, I'll, I'll even give you the group. Boys to Men. Uh, on Bending Knee. Yes! Yeah! That is correct! Yeah, I know about that song back in 94. Number one TV show in 1994, the last time the Browns were 4 and 1. Seinfeld? Yes! So you, <laughs> Jay is on fire! I'm guessing! No, you, nah, you watch Seinfeld. No, I know. You I'm watch a Martin Seinfeld. Guy. No, 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 you watch no, Seinfeld. No, Jay, I'm a Martin guy. Jay. No, you're this, not going to disrespect Jay, me on Jay, national radio. You I'm a Martin watch guy. Seinfeld Stop. 100%. Stop it. I wish Alan could chime in here. What's Enough. wrong with Seinfeld? I love Seinfeld. No, come on, man. It's okay. I respect Seinfeld. Yeah, I respect Seinfeld. Seinfeld. He made all the money. Great comedian, all that. I get it. I get it. But it won't ever be on my TV. Mm-hmm. I just ain't, I can't laugh to that. That's just not my humor. <laughs> it's a show about nothing, and it means I, nothing to Keith. Kramer funny, though. Kramer funny. Oh, you got a couple good scenes here and humor, there. Then but... I know the New Yorkers are getting ready to just look to do something to me right now. <laughs> but it, it's, Jay, you watch it, though. Boy, don't, Jay. Stop. All right. Do you want to try to go three for three, or do you want to do a, a George Costanza walk-off? You'd never get that because you don't watch Seinfeld. No, I, I'll, I'll try it. Number one movie in 1994. Oh, 94. Scream? Oh, close. Well, I don't know. Mm, it was Forrest Gump. Uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Right. I didn't know Jay was a Seinfeld fan. I'm going to have to get you a T-shirt. <laughs> you know, stop putting out fallacies <laughs> about me. <laughs> just because I know of characters doesn't mean I was I didn't a fan. Say, I didn't I say. I respect Jerry Seinfeld, though. He got his I, money. I just, get your money, Jerry. That's what I said. Get your money. Get your money. Uh, all I've said is. You're a Seinfeld guy. It's cool. Uh, you're, you're so mean. I feel like I'm taking offense. I love Seinfeld. But nothing, wrong, nothing wrong with Nothing wrong with, with Seinfeld. He knows what I'm saying. <laughs> he, he gets it. Still to come. We go. <laughs> Alan, if I hear laughing. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be laughing if you watch Seinfeld. It was really funny. Still to come. I've been at that type of comedy. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, can we get the break, please? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It's just three days old, yet the debate is already raging on who next year's NBA champions will be. As Jay has often said on the show, that's how we kind of deal in sports It's like media. two seconds after the Lakers won. Like, who's your favorite for next year? I'm like, wow, give this a moment to settle in. That's where we are in America as a sporting culture right now. So why belabor it even more? I give it five seconds, not two seconds. Thank you. And we'll get right to it. Real or not real, 2021 NBA championship contenders. With the caveat to Jay's point, we have no idea when the season's even going to start. But we don't care about that. We're just going to push right through. Let's start with the Lakers. I'll give you some odds on some teams that have a legit chance to win the real or not real championship contenders, the Lakers, we'll start with them at plus 325. Just to throw that number out there, but just the conversation, championship contenders next year, Jay. They are the favorites next year, I would say, whenever you have LeBron James, even though he'll be going in. He's actually in his 18th year right now. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy that we're going to fast forward this and he'll play again in about four and a half, five months. Uh, but still, for everything he's been through, that's the best duo in basketball. Jay said, I don't need to say anything else. Jay handling it for me. All the odds provided by Caesars by William Hill. The next best odds Mm -hmm. belong to the Clippers. Are they a real or not real contender in your mind? Real. And I don't care what anybody says. Everybody wanted to see the Lakers versus the Clippers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the matchup that people wanted to see, could LeBron, and something that he's going to use as motivation for next year, can he dominate that matchup between him and Kawhi? Uh, yeah, you want to you see it because that's what it was built for. That's why they countered the Clippers and Jerry West and Doc Rivers at the time. They countered what the Lakers' moves were, and they went out and got PG and went out and got Kawhi and thought that they were going to be the team to face the Lakers in the Western Conference Final, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, Lawrence Frank, number one executive of the year, Rob Palenka slash Rich Paul, seventh. Rich Paul slash Rob Palenka. Ah, whatever way you want to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike drop if you're the Lakers. Third best odds belong to the Milwaukee Bucks. Not, not as real. it's constructed. Not real. Not real. Not, not as not it's real. constructed. Now, I'll tell you this. Go ahead. Fortuitous, if the Bucks find some way to get Bradley Bill, mm. wow. If they can keep Chris Middleton, Giannis, Bradley Bill, then I like those odds. If not, I don't know if I'm rocking with it. If, much like Jay said, I don't need to say anything else. 
want to mention here the fourth best odds. Hmm. Fourth best odds. This is the most intriguing team of all to me, just me, the Golden State Warriors. So here's some what people don't talk about with the Golden State Warriors. Second pick in a draft, Andrew Wiggins. Could they will and deal it? I think they probably will. So now you're looking at bringing on some kind of veteran. The one thing you feel a like they're big, missing. A big, heavy a, hitter. A big, somebody big. And I'll throw this out there. Potentially Joel Embiid. Oh, imagine wow. Joel Embiid. Oh, wow. If, if you're in Philly, if you don't choose to stay with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, right? imagine Joel Embiid with the Golden State Warriors involved in that system with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. But let me ask you this as a basketball guy, uh, our, our basketball expert, obviously. But Golden State has never won with a big, like, a in general, right? They've always – it's been perimeter guys, and then the big has been, like, Bullet. basic – Yeah, just Bucky, let me normal ask you this. guys. Where does Joel Embiid, if we're being honest, spend a lot of his time? Yeah, but, but – On but the he's perimeter. Not, but he's not – is he efficient enough on the perimeter for the Golden State Warriors style – a play is not like Kevin Durant, seven foot with that type of efficiency. I agree with you on that, but you have to get his conditioning to a point where he can play. But think so about you what this, him out of shape. See, I didn't do that. But he was out of shape. That's fine. He knows it. But think about what he does for the Warriors. Think about how you can combat Anthony Davis. Yeah. Think about how you can combat uh, Jokic. Like all the bigs, Nurkic for Portland. All the bigs, you can combat that now with another big instead of going small. Ball, let me like ask you this before we move on real quick. So if you're giving that up for that one, and, and Doc, Andrew Wiggins. And Doc gets Andrew Wiggins. Does that fit in the Philly style of what Doc wants to run? You paid Al Horford all that money. You ain't moving that contract. Now you have Al Horford, Ben Simmons, Andrew Wiggins, who can shoot the ball from the outside. The number two pick. I, I kind of like the, the two, move. though. I don't know. A reminder, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. You need the best Anthony coverage. Edwards, maybe? Sorry. And not just football. Georgia kid, but your wireless network, too. Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same Two networks minutes. as big carriers for up to half the cost. 45 bucks a month for 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. We should also mention our NBA draft analysts. Don't think this is a particularly strong draft. So for most intriguing for me were the Warriors, the return of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson now. Next up, I'm just going to go in order of odds. Next up, maybe the most intriguing to Jay, the Brooklyn Nets. So I've been trying to say this for from the time being. It, it's it's KD and Kyrie. I would say they are the second best duo in the league. In the league, because offensively, the way they can explode, that's the word. Explode is the word. It's either going to explode in a good way or it's going to explode <laughs> in another, another way. But I, I would have a tendency with the way that they rock out together – with the style that they're going to play with Steve Nash, I'm just trying, trying to tell y'all, they're going to be dangerous next year. Can they coexist like that, though? I think they can because it feels like they're just going to, like, it's like they're the bad boys, man. And what, what I mean by that, the Detroit Pistons bad boys. Like, whatever Kai says, Kev's going to roll with and have his back. Whatever Kev says, Kai's going to roll with and has their back. Like, and that's just, I mean, a fact of that is just based off the podcast. Like, we're going to do it our way. If y'all don't like it, who cares? We're going to rock out. I think it's going to be so intriguing to watch them, man, and the talent speaks for itself. You going to take me to the game? We going to games. Oh, I just want to make sure it's we, on we you. We saying courtside, we going to games. I'm just making sure it's on you. Last one, the most intriguing, we're going to skip. This team's at plus 3,000, but they made a huge coaching change, and they have a guy that Jay already referenced. The Sixers at plus 3,000 with Doc Rivers. Well, his name isn't Doc because he's in. He's it's in. Glenn he's in, now, it's right? Glenn now. Glenn yeah. Rivers. To, Glenn. Glenn to, Rivers. To Doctor J. I think once again it depends on what kind of moves they decide to make. So much money wrapped up into all those contracts, but I will say this: Coach Glenn Rivers. If there's one person that knows how to unlock Tobias Harris, it will be it will be Glenn. 
It'd be, it'd look, look at that one season he had when he was with the Clippers. You had Tobias Harris averaging around 23, 24 points a game. Over under how many times he's called Doc during the season. Take the over. I already over, give you for one. Sure. We're at one already. Yeah, he, it, it, they're, they're real because I believe in him as a coach. And whatever moves they make, which I'm sure they're going to make some, they'll probably get over the hump. Wow. I just like Doc, as a, I like Doc as a coach. Think about how disrespected Miami feels. Just got to the NBA Finals, and they're not even in the odds for next year. Just want to give you the odds real quick. They are tied with Boston at plus 1,400. But you're right. For a team that was a whisker away, still to come after blowing the biggest lead in Super Bowl history, what has happened to the Atlanta Falcons over the last four years? We go to the very top of their organization. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.